0: Selling Babies Eh. (laughs) You won't believe this one It seems like we always have one that you won't believe Or a lot of them Joe Rogan in the news Uh, Yeah (laughs) And the January 6th bomber More bullcrap All that and more, welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. That would be this guy. And uh, we are live on Rumble.com. We're here weekdays, every uh, Monday through Friday. Join us, and be sure you hit the follow button, by the way. Right over here, there's a button labeled follow. Just give that a click. It's free, and thank you so much for doing that. really appreciate it. And now, of course, if you really want to make a commitment to the show and help to support it, you'll find a subscribe button. Yeah, five bucks a month will get you a subscription. It's right, also down there a little further. And you want to check that? Uh, check that out. That's brand new for our show here, and we appreciate that. Thank you, Rumble. All right, so we got all that and more coming out. Hey, blackout coffee, founded on the principles of conservative values, fresh roasted premium coffee from a company that supports our conservative values. Get the best coffee you ever had today. And you'll get a special deal if you use our link, which is down there in the show notes. All right, let's get on with it. It is time for an update on our favorite little Shiba Inu friend. That would be our little baby named Miko and the Miko update. She's doing great. Kind of having a lazy day. What a great look at the color in that picture. I love this shot. And uh, yeah, that is the Shiba Inu statue that uh, I got for Christmas. Very cool, a Japanese lantern and a bunch of Japanese stuff in the back there. And uh, that's her just kind of chillaxing out, laying it. There's a little sunshine that comes down from the stairs there. Wherever there's a piece of sunshine, she will find it and she will lay in it. So <laughs> even if I've got the house shut up, because of uh, my clot shot problems with the uh, uh, photodermatitis, I've got to kind of stay out of the sun now. And uh, she doesn't get the chance to go out quite as much. So I will very often leave the door open. She goes out and lays in the sun in the driveway. And uh, then I'll remind her, don't get too hot. So she'll come in in five minutes or so, because it does get very, very hot out there. All right, the Miko update brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox.com. Every month if you sign up, you'll get a free a box free. You get a box full of toys for your dog and treats, two toys, two bags of treats and a dog chew every month. Each month is a new theme and you can get an extra month for free if you sign up for a multi-month subscription at BarkBox.com. Now, in the links in our show notes, there is a second link. It's going to disappear this week. Uh, it's because summer's here and we've got some great fun water toys. If you'd rather have, instead of the free month, a, uh, a cool water toy, check out that link also and you'll find an amazing assortment from Funboy, BarkBox, and The Jay Sheldon Show. All right. Thank you, BarkBox.com, for helping to sponsor uh, the uh, Miko update. Cool beans. All right. we got so much stuff going on tonight and uh, this one... Huh. Oh, man. You know, we covered this story. I think last week we covered this story. But we just did it briefly. And uh, the absurdity of it. And it didn't quite sink in. Well, the Daily Signal, and the link to anything we talk about on our show, is always in our show notes. You'll find them so you can read the articles yourself. Because I don't don't cover the whole article. I don't read everything. You want to read it, get all the information. I encourage you to do that. Anyway... Uh, this was the story that we covered uh, a little bit last week. California, with this law about a, a man who can't have a baby will be legally considered infertile. Yeah. Which will allow him access to all kinds of money and insurance and things like that. But anyway, basically what California is doing is creating a baby-selling market through in vitro fertilization for everybody. And, you know, that's exactly the case. The latest trend to come from whacked out leftist lawmakers in the nutbag state of California and the reproductive industry should shock everybody that has even a piece of a conscience. Selling babies, basically, for the sexual left, children are no longer a gift in a marriage. Instead, they're a right that you can purchase based on your needs and your desires. It has virtually nothing to do. You see, it's a continuation of the communists' attempt to destroy the family because You can't have families in communism. It just doesn't work. A bill in California redefines infertility. This is the one we told you about, which will allow it to apply even to a single person or a same-sex couple and requires most health insurance policies to provide in vitro fertilization, IVF, coverage under their health insurance. The process includes fertilizing an egg in a lab to create an embryo and then implanting it in the mother or a surrogate. Now, until now, most insurers have defined a couple as infertile if they don't conceive after 12 months of regular unprotected sex. By definition, then, a couple means a man and a woman. That was until now. This upcoming hearing, the Assembly Health Committee in California will discuss what it means to be infertile. In this bill, it's described as a person's inability to reproduce either as an individual or with their partner without medical intervention. In other words, I would qualify as being infertile because I can't have babies uh, because I'm a man this redefinition allows single people or same sex couples to be entitled to infertility treatment not because their bodies are infertile but because their relationship is the California bill will require, this is beyond belief, require insurance companies to fund the illusion that men can indeed have babies. Because even single men who identify as transgender women or men in same-sex relationships would be eligible for insurance pay To use their sperm, purchase an egg, rent a womb, and make a baby. So basically, they're selling babies. It's a baby market. Never mind the fact that only a man and a woman can conceive a child without a smorgasbord of interventions. Same-sex couples, of course, cannot do this naturally. No amount of technology or health insurance can alter that. Now, it's one thing for the law to allow gay men to use in vitro fertilization or surrogacy. But it's quite another thing for this bill to give them financial incentives, mandated insurance coverage. This basically encourages same-sex couples, transgendered women, which are actually men, to basically build a child through private insurance plans. So, like the headline says, basically, they're selling babies. Unbelievable. The harms from this kind of policy... It exploits women by renting their wombs with commercial surrogacy contracts. It creates children in relationships it knows will be much more likely to be anxious, depressed, at a risk for physical sexual abuse compared to children raised by their natural married mothers and fathers. It increases the cost of insurance for everybody because now these companies have to cover this. Where do you think that money's coming from? They're not going to give it up out of their profits, out of the good of the, you know, out of the kindness of their hearts. No, it'll be coming from your increased insurance policies. It reinforces the myth that a synthetic same-sex couple is the equivalent of the natural family. And it ignores the side effects that kids are conceived through IVF, including cancer, heart tissues, uh, heart issues rather, uh, physical deformities like a cleft palate. All these are quite common in uh, IVF pregnancies. Unbelievable. So there you go. California is on the way to basically legalizing selling babies. Isn't that nice? Ed, not nice. All right. Joe Rogan and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. have been all over the news today. It started out with a $100,000 offer from Joe Rogan. Hang on, coffee break. Blackout coffee. Mmm. All right, there they are. Media outlets want to know why Spotify isn't censoring more. Please. Spotify... The, in fact, our show is on Spotify. You can hear the audio part of this show comes out about usually the next morning after we're done with our live show. It's basically the audio, and it's a, pod, a podcast on Spotify, iTunes, all the podcast platforms. You can look us up there and subscribe. Anyway, once in the crosshairs of media critics for allowing an episode of the Joe Rogan experience uh, that featured Robert F. Kennedy Jr., This episode accused spreading vaccine misinformation, conspiracy theories, without sufficient censorship by Spotify. Media is questioning their decision to host it. Um, A major podcast force, of course, Joe Rogan here in the U.S., uh, hosted a three-hour-long show that touched on vaccine skepticism, 5G technology, alternative COVID-19 treatments, And this comes as a part of a broader scrutiny from media outlets urging platforms to put a lid on content that challenges the mainstream views. Media outlets like uh, Vice, The Verge, pointing fingers at Robert F. Kennedy Jr., known for his criticisms of the vaccines and pharmaceutical companies in general, uh, allegedly making several false claims during the podcast. That includes the claim linking vaccines to autism and an assertion regarding vaccines containing, containing harmful forms of mercury. Anyway, uh, <laughs> bear microbiology professor, public health advocate Peter Hotez threw the spotlight on the issue by sharing a critical article via Twitter. Now, not one to back down, Joe Rogan threw down the gauntlet. For Hotez to come to debate, he said he's going to sweeten the pot. He will donate hundred thousand dollars to the charity of Hotez's choice if he would agree to debate. He did not. <laughs> no surprise there. And uh, actually, the pot has grown. <laughs> the pot's grown a lot. Uh let's see. Yeah, this is another article here. That was from uh That was from Reclaim the Net, which is where you find out all the details about the original Joe Rogan story, but now this follow-up from uh the post-millennial major Twitter influencers have now pledged over a million bucks to charity for Peter Hotez to debate JFK on Joe Rogan. <laughs> there's the whack job now and uh, yeah major influencers influencers on twitter I wouldn't be one of them are throwing down the cash pledged to donate now more than a million dollars to charity if Hotez takes Joe Rogan's offer to debate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. about the COVID-19 vaccine on his world famous podcast um, it's insane the way this is going uh, let's see here uh, yeah, Elon Musk says he's afraid of public debate because he knows he's wrong <laughs> anyway, influencers on Twitter have now come out in support uh, a half a million dollars from Cobra, Cobra, Cobra Tate uh, is that Tate? I think so uh, 250000 from real Nick Magali. 150000 from Bill Lackman. 100000 from Joe Rogan, of course. That was the original offer. Uh, Patrick Bet David, 100000 100000 from St. Kirch. Goes on and on and on the list. Just continues here, if I'm not mistaken, Tim Poole. Oh, look at that. Yeah, Teshin Amon, real SMW truth. This is insane. These are all the people pledged 100000 or more if he will debate. And the latest thing this moron says is, oh, I'll do it for 50000 Well, first of all, typical. They set some ridiculous goal that no one can meet, and it won't be met. And secondly, honestly, it's just all about the money, isn't it? Just like everything that you do, Hotez, it's just all about the money. Unbelievable. And thank you, Spotify, by the way, for not censoring that show because it included a lot of very important information that you will never, ever hear on the mainstream media, ever. (sighs) Because they just continue to censor the stuff they don't want you to hear. The stuff they don't want you to hear, they label as miss or disinformation, fake news, when it may or may not be, but A, First Amendment says you have a right to say it and to your opinion, and second of all, it's not that it's misinformation, it's that it's information they don't want you to know. For example, Rumble wins again. I love this story. Mike Tyson has a show on YouTube, and he interviewed RFK Jr., and YouTube censored it. Well, guess what Mike Tyson did? He said, "You YouTube, I'm off to Rumble, and away he goes. Mike Tyson, now on Rumble, has uh, posted the censored interview uh, after YouTube took it down. Big names making a switch. Bold move against YouTube content censorship. I haven't been on YouTube in months. Uh, We completely dumped YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. We are only now on Rumble. Um, Basically, Mike Tyson took the gloves off. Tyson's Hot Boxing with Mike. Mike Tyson is his show. Um, he posted an interview with the U.S. presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on Rumble, right here. And uh, yeah, says the growing video sharing platform that respects free speech. Ain't that the truth? After tech giant YouTube removed the original video. YouTube took down a podcast with Tyson and Kennedy that had been on the platform since 2020. Takedown happened this month. It was noticed by video journalist Matt Orfalia. Additionally, another interview featuring Kennedy, this time with comedian Theo Vaughn, vanished from YouTube. Half a million views that had on Tyson's channel on YouTube. Wow. Wow. Now, according to YouTube, the video giant cited a violation of its community standard guidelines as the trigger for the takedown, but remained mum on the specifics. Wouldn't say exactly why. This kind of ambiguity stirred up a lot of crap behind the scenes and onlookers trying to piece together together the, the puzzle as to why the thing was taken down. Um... The clock ticks curiously. The videos have been gathering dust on YouTube for three years, no repercussions. It sat there. And then all of a sudden, Kennedy runs for president, and it gets taken down. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Tyson's jab at YouTube censorship takes the form of a migration to Rumble. Rumble emerging is a haven for creating uh, creators who are looking for less stringent content policies. Tyson's move undermines a simmering trend among creators to seek refuge outside the clutches of traditional social media behemoths. And there it is. There is a link to this article in our show notes from reclaimthenet.org. And inside that, you will see a link directly to Mike Tyson's channel here on Rumble. You can check it out. You can give him a follow over there. And uh, yeah, good stuff. All right, I'm not a big boxing fan. I'm not a big Mike Tyson fan, but I'm about the biggest fan of free speech you're ever going to find. So, raw for you. Ha (laughs) ha. You ready? Uh, The epic Times, hang on, before we do that, I got to take a blackout coffee break because they happen to be one of our sponsors on our show. Blackout Coffee is an amazing coffee and an amazing coffee company that will make sure that you get fresh roasted beans delivered right to your door. And yes, that's the man, Dan Bongino. He's got his own blend over there at Blackout Coffee. Uh, they fa- They were founded on the principles of conservative values. They believe in the importance of hard work personal responsibility, family, respect, traditional American values— This company is insane about coffee and just as insane about our traditional American values. The best small batch fresh roasted coffee you are ever going to find. I'm telling you, this coffee tastes amazing. And when you place your order, they roast it within 24 to 48 hours, ship it out right to your door, you'll get it. And for all intents, you got a great tasting bag of fresh roasted coffee beans. Just grind them up, stick them in whatever you use to make your coffee. And you will love this, I promise. In addition, of course, Blackout Coffee helps to support our troops, our first responders. It's a great company. It's a great coffee. And if you use our link, you'll get an incredible deal on this amazing coffee. And a promo code. Yes, indeed, there it is, JS20. J-A-Y-S-20. You use that at checkout, and you will get 20% off your first order. Blackout coffee. All right. Thank you, blackout coffee. Good to have you on board here. Okay. The UN Secretary General proposes, mm, here we go, global digital compact to push laws against online hate. Remember we just talked about Mike Tyson? Here it is. Anything that they define as online hate which is basically going to mean anything they don't like or don't want you talking about. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres proposed a global digital compact to push sweeping international laws against hate and lies online. Hmm. Here's a quote. (laughs) Listen, Really listen to this. The proliferation of hate and lies in the digital space is causing grave global harm. This clear and present global threat demands clear and coordinated global action. We don't have a moment to lose. basically because the word is getting out and you are being exposed for all the bullcrap you've been putting out there. And you don't like that. So now you're countering it with some sort of global digital compact and you're fear-mongering. Ooh, it's a a global, clear clear and coordinated global action against clear and present global threat. Could they be be any more obvious with their bullshit. He said the internet is being misused to deny science and spread disinformation and hate to billions of people. No, it's just that we're talking about the truth instead of your truth, that it's all you want us to talk about and it ain't going to happen. In a veiled reference to vaccine skeptics and growing populist movements this is insane read the rest of this article in our show notes it will open your eyes no we don't need the Miku seriously it will open your eyes it is absolutely insane what these people who by the way are an unelected body nobody chose them nobody voted for them nobody put them in except for themselves so there you go all right, we got a couple more stories here before we get on to our book, 1984, from George Orwell. And this one, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, we've talked about it before, why nobody can seem to identify the January 6th bomber, the person who placed, uh, it could be male, could be female. We don't even know that. Um, but the person who placed a couple of uh, semi-fake bombs, they they wouldn't have gone off anyway. I guess they were... They were real enough, but the way they were hooked up, there's no way they could have exploded. Anyway, you know the story, basically. The January 6th bomb investigation. Well, the former head of that investigation, who apparently woke up from his two-and-a-half, three-year nap, looked around and said, Hey, how's that investigation going? Huh? What? Nothing? Really? He reveals the key obstacle to identifying the uh, suspect guy, Stephen Dantwomno. Yeah. Um, They, uh, during January 6th, they used geofencing, which basically sets up a giant electronic fence. It's it's electronic. It's not visible. Uh, And it will capture all the cell phone data of everybody, where they are, where they went, and who they are. so they did a complete geofence of the area. Well, this bomber was out at night. There was virtually nobody else on the street. If they had a geofence up, it should have been really, really easy, among the many other ways, like backtracking the guy or gal. But uh, it, it really should have been quite easy with their geofence to figure out. You can see the person on their cell phone. They were making calls. We have complete data, he says, but not complete Because there's some data that was corrupted. (laughs) He said, it's just laughable at this point, these morons. They think we're buying this shit. He said the data was corrupted by one of the providers before saying it was not done intentionally. Oh my God. You know, this FBI that just simply needs to be completely disbanded. And they just, they still think you're stupid. It's just, he's quoted here, unusual circumstance that we have corrupt data from one of the providers. I'm not sure. I can't remember now which one. So, you got four, five, six different providers. You've got all this data coming in. And it just so happens the one provider that would have grabbed the January 6th bomber's data in the geofence. Oh, sorry. That data is corrupted. They think you're stupid. They think you are Stupid. If you want to see how much they think you're stupid, go to the link to this article in our show notes, read the rest of the article, and you'll see exactly how stupid they think you are. It's insane. Mm. All right. Boycott, boycott, boycott. Target, Anheuser-Busch, Kohl's. Take a look at this from Axios. Ouch. The financial toll of right-wing backlash. $28 billion in market value. Holy (laughs) jeez. Good on us. Change in S&P's 500, Kohl's, Anheuser-Busch, target stock prices. Look at this chart. The S&P 500 is the orange top line here. Can I get my mouse back? Thank you. All right. Kohl's, that's the light blue. Goes down, down, nee, nee. went back up again. Uh, Anheuser-Busch is the purple. Hope you can see that color. It's pretty much there. 14.8%. And Target is the kind of beige colored line there and goes wonk. Total, $28 billion. Social issues creating a huge market downdraft for American companies who are woke or who have decided to support Pride Month. Again, look, I got no problem with Pride Month. I really don't. I've marched in Pride parades. I have absolutely no problem whatsoever. Many people fought long and hard to get equal rights for gay and lesbian people. We got them. Fine. Now these transgendered freaks and all the rest of this alphabet they've tagged onto the LGB community have basically gone after kids, and that's the big huge red line that nobody should cross. And that's where it ends. And that's where the problem comes with these companies. Fiercely contested culture issues always aroused political passions and held sway over electoral politics. Corporate America finding itself trapped between society's progressive impulses and the conservative backlash. Reaction, counter against all things woke, mean companies can find themselves in the crosshairs anytime. As well, you should. Yeah. Separately, Coles and Target caught in the multicultural maelstrom for selling LGBTQ clothing targeted at children. Had nothing to do. You want to sell adult sized t shirts, handbags, hoodies, whatever. Knock yourself out. When you start making this crap and you're tuck friendly in kids' sizes like 6X, 6XS, which is obviously a kid's size. That's where the line is. Sorry, you crossed the line. You start screwing around with kids. I almost said something I didn't want to say. <laughs> anyway, push back against Pride Month merchandise, Bank of America downgrade, shaved 15 billion from target's market market cap. It's since recovered, sitting around 63 billion, uh, but that's still down from 74 billion in May. They get kind of wonky with some of the numbers here. If you're into that kind of finance stuff, I encourage you to check out this article It's from Axios.com. But it is devastating and it is insane. $28 billion. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of bananas. Uh, this is from the archive. It's from the Wall Street Journal. And it is an amazing story. It is Absolutely amazing story. Check this out. Links in our show notes. When AI overrules the nurses who are caring for you. This is a very scary story. We talked about the dangers of AI. Potential dangers of AI. The things that could happen. But listen to this. Melissa Baby. BB, I guess. She's an oncology nurse. She relies on her observation skills to make life or death decisions. A sleepy patient with dilated pupils could have had a hemorrhagic stroke. An elderly patient with foul-smelling breath could have an abdominal obstruction. So when an alert said her patient in the oncology unit of UC Davis Medical Center had sepsis. She was sure, based on her years of experience, that it was wrong. She quoted here saying, I've been working with cancer patients for 15 years, so I know a septic patient when I see one, and I knew this patient wasn't septic. The alert correlates elevated white blood cell count with septic infection. It wouldn't take into account that this particular pa- a patient had leukemia, which can cause similar blood counts. The algorithm, which was based on artificial intelligence, AI, triggers an alert when it detects patterns that match previous patients with sepsis. The algorithm didn't explain the decision. It just decided this patient has has sepsis. Hospital rules require the nurses to follow the protocol when a patient is flagged by AI for sepsis. You must follow the protocols, even though this nurse, from her 15 years of experience, knew as an absolute fact this patient did not have sepsis. While B.B. can override the A.I. model if she gets doctor approval, she said she faces disciplinary action if she's wrong. So she followed orders, drew blood from the patient, even though that couldn't uh, expose him to infection, and, of course, run up his bill. When an algorithm says your patient looks septic, I can't know why. I just have to do it, says Bebe. She's a representative of the California Nurses Association Union at the hospital. As she suspected, the algorithm, the AI, was wrong. I am not demonizing technology, she said, but I feel moral distress when I know the right thing to do and I can do it. And AI and high-tech tools prevent me, with all of my experience, from doing the right thing and what is needed. This is scary. There she is. That article from the Wall Street Journal, how AI is badly affecting your health care. And there's nothing, I mean, okay, yes, she can override it with the approval of a doctor. And then she faces disciplinary action so really can she this is insane folks absolutely insane okay let's have a quick coffee break Mm-mm-mm. and move on with our book as you know we uh, read classic books on this show in the last part we've been doing that forever 300 and what 89 90 shows Wow. Now, normally we've done classic children's literature, The Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, The Little Prince. But uh, from a viewer, uh, he suggested we read 1984 because, hey, we're living in it. And you know what? I told you before, I've never actually read the whole book of 1984. I know the book. I know the quotes from it and everything else and the whole idea behind it. But I, I never sat down and read 1984 from George Orwell. This is the first for me. I don't read ahead. I read it as I'm reading it to you. And so we're discovering it together. If you've never heard it before, we read a little bit of a chapter every night until we get to the end. And then we move on to our next book. But I'm telling you, this it's just every single night, the bits that we read, I just shake my head. It's like, uh, while I'm reading, I'm thinking in the back of my head, this is insane. This man is a fortune teller. Serious. Absolutely insane. All right, so we're up to Chapter 13. We'll move ahead now with George Orwell's 1984. Syme had vanished. A morning came, and he was missing from work. A few thoughtless people commented on his absence. On the next day, nobody mentioned him. On the third day, Winston went into the vestibule of the records department to look at the notice board one of the notices carried a printed list of members of the chess committee of whom syme had been one it almost looked exactly as it had before nothing had been crossed out but it was one name shorter it was enough syme had ceased to exist he had never existed the weather was baking hot In the labyrinth ministry, the windowless, air-conditioned rooms kept their normal temperature. But outside, the pavement scorched one's feet, and the stench of the tubes at the rush hours was a horror. The preparations for hate week were in full swing, and the staffs of all the ministries were working overtime. Processions, meetings, military parades, lectures, waxworks, displays— Film shows, telescreen programs, all had to be organized. Stands to be erected, effigies built, slogans coined, songs written, rumors circulated, photographs faked. Julia's unit in the fiction department had been taken off the production of novels and was rushing out a series of atrocity pamphlets. Winston, in addition to his regular work spent long periods every day in going back through the files of the times, altering and embellishing news items which were to be quoted in speeches. Late at night, when crowds of rowdy proles roamed the streets, the town had a curiously febrile air. The rocket bombs crashed oftener than ever, and sometimes in the far distance there was enormous explosions, which no one could explain and about which there were wild rumors. The new tune, which was to be the theme song of Hate Week, the hate song, it was called, had already been composed, was being endlessly plugged on the telescreens. It had a savage, barking rhythm, which could not exactly be called music, but resembled the beating of a drum, roared out by hundreds of voices to the tramp marching feet it was terrifying the prose had taken a fancy to it and in the midnight streets it competed with the still popular it was only a hopeless fancy the parsons children played it at all hours of the night and day unbearably on a comb and a piece of toilet paper winston's evenings were fuller than ever squads of volunteers organized by Parsons preparing the street for hate week, stitching banners, painting posters, erecting flagstaffs on the roofs, perilously slinging wires across the street for the reception of streamers. Parsons boasted that victory mansions alone would display 400 meters of bunting. It was in his native element, and as happy as a lark, The heat, manual work, had given him a pretext for reverting to shorts and an open shirt in the evening. He was everywhere at once, pushing, pulling, sawing, hammering, improvising, jollying everyone along with camaraderie exhortations and giving out from every fold of his body what seemed an inexhaustible supply of acrid-smelling sweat. A new poster had suddenly appeared all over London. It had no caption, represented simply the monstrous figure of a Eurasian soldier. Three or four meters high, striding forward with expressionless Mongolian face and enormous boots, a submachine gun pointed from his hip. From whatever angle you looked the poster, the muzzle of the gun magnified by the foreshortening, seemed to be pointed straight at you. The thing had been plastered on every blank space, on every wall, even outnumbering the portraits of Big Brother. The proles, normally apathetic about war, were being lashed into one of their periodical frenzies of patriotism. As though to harmonize with the general mood, the rocket bombs had been killing larger numbers of people than usual. One fell on a crowded film theater in Stepney, burying several hundred victims among the ruins. The whole population of the neighborhood turned out for a long trailing funeral that went on for hours and was in effect an indignation meeting. Another bomb fell on a piece of waste ground which was used as a playground. and Several dozen children were blown to pieces. There were further angry demonstrations. Goldstein was burned in effigy. Hundreds of copies of the poster of the Eurasian soldier torn down and added to the flames. And a number of shops were looted in the turmoil. And then a rumor flew round that spies were directing the rocket bombs by means of wireless waves and an old couple who were suspected of being foreign extraction had their houses set on fire and perished of suffocation in the room over mr charrington's shop when they could get there julia and winston lay side by side on a stripped bed under the open window Naked for the sake of coolness, the rat had never come back, and the bugs had multiplied hideously in the heat. Didn't seem to matter. Dirty or clean, the room was paradise. As soon as they arrived, they'd sprinkle everything with pepper bought from the black market, tear off their clothes and make love with sweating bodies, then fall asleep and wake up to find the bugs had rallied and were massing for the counterattack. Four, five, six, seven times they met during the month of June. Winston had dropped his habit of drinking gin at all hours. He seemed to have lost the need for it. He'd grown fatter, his varicose ulcer had been subsided, and leaving only a little brown stain on the skin above his ankle. His fits of coughing in the early morning had stopped, The process of life had ceased to be intolerable. He no longer had any impulse to make faces at the telescreen or shout curses at the top of his voice. Now that they had a secure hiding place, almost a home, it didn't even seem a hardship they could only meet infrequently and for just a couple of hours at a time. What mattered was that the room over the junk shop should exist to know that it was there, inviolate, almost was the same as being in it. The room was a world, a pocket of the past where extinct animals could walk. Mr. Charrington thought Winston was another extinct animal. He usually stopped to talk with Mr. Charrington for a few minutes on his way upstairs. The old man seemed seldom or never to go out of doors and on the other hand, to have almost no customers. He led a ghost-like existence between the tiny dark shop and the even tinier kitchen, where he prepared his meals, and which contained, among other things, an unbelievable ancient gramophone with an enormous horn. He seemed glad of the opportunity to talk, Wandering about among his worthless stock, with his long nose, thick spectacles, and bowed shoulders in the velvet jacket, he had always vaguely the air of being a collector rather than a tradesman. With a sort of faded enthusiasm, he would finger this scrap of rubbish or that, a china China bottle stopper, or the painted lid of a broken snuff box a pinchbeck locket containing a strand of some long dead baby's hair never asking that winston should buy it merely that he should admire it to talk to him was like listening to the tinkling of a worn-out music box he dragged out from the corners of his memory some more fragments of forgotten rhymes there was the one about four-and-twenty blackbirds another about a cow with a crumpled horn another about the death of poor Cock Robin. Just occurred to me, you might be interested, he would say with a depreciating little laugh whenever he produced a new fragment. He could never really recall more than a few lines of any one rhyme. Both of them knew in a way it was never out of their minds that what was now happening could not last long. There were times when the fact of Impending death seemed as palpable as the bed they lay on, and they'd cling together with a sort of despairing sensuality, like a damned soul grasping at his last morsel of pleasure when the clock is within five minutes of striking. But there were also times when they had the illusion not only of safety, but of permanence, so long as they were actually in the room. both felt no harm could come to them getting there was difficult dangerous but the room itself was sanctuary it was as when winston had gazed into the heart of the paperweight with the feeling that it could be possible to get inside that glassy world and that once inside time could be arrested Often they gave themselves up to daydreams of escape. Their luck would hold indefinitely. They'd carry on their intrigue just like this for the remainder of their natural lives. Or Catherine would die. And by subtle maneuverings, Winston and Julia would succeed in getting married. Or they'd commit suicide together. Or They'd disappear, alter themselves out of recognition Learn to speak with proletarian accents Get jobs in a factory Live out their lives of undetected in a back street It was all nonsense, they both knew it In reality, there was no escape Even the one plan that was practical Suicide They had no intention of carrying out To hang on from day to day, week to week, spinning out a present that had no future seemed an inconquerable instinct, just as one's lungs will always draw the next breath so long as there is air available. Wow. And that's it that's uh as far as we're gonna go in chapter 13 tonight we will continue this on tomorrow night's uh, live stream uh george Orwell's wells 1984 wow hey be sure and hit that follow button over here right there just give it a click and it's free for you helps the show out quite a bit we are also of course a podcast you'll find the audio part of our show on spotify itunes you name it stitcher google podcasts we're on all the channels Just look up The Jay Sheldon Show and give us a subscribe over there. Be sure and check out all the great deals from our sponsor in our show notes. All the articles from everything we talked about tonight is also there. And I will see you again tomorrow. Good night. (laughs) Snort.